Welcome to the Friends of NPACE podcast. My name is Josh Plocky and I'm the Chief Operating Officer for NPACE. And today we are in person live from NPACE headquarters alongside is NPACE Executive Director Terry Schmidt. And we are excited to be with you for what we're dubbing the NPACE 2024 State of the Union podcast. And so our goal today is to have a dialogue and discussion about some of the 2024 goals that NPACE has and what we're looking forward to in the upcoming year. Uh, no better time to be doing this with the turn of the new year and, and thinking about uh, some of the conversations that we've had, Terry, about 2024 and figured we come on the podcast and talk with our audience about what our conversations have been like and what we've uh, been discussing as we go into next year. So. We have a few goals that we're going to share with the audience and um, look forward to our conversation today. So, Terry, anything you want to add before we sort of dive in and, and talk about what we're going to be doing? No. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is an experiment, so you stay with us. We probably won't edit out all the bloopers, so this should be entertaining, if nothing <laughs> Yes, absolutely entertaining. This is our first time doing an in-person recording where we are together. Usually we're on teams and in, in separate locations. Terry has her turtleneck on because she's up from Florida in the, in, the, in the cold weather, but you know, 40 degrees in Boston uh, this time of year. We'll take it. So with that being said, let's shift our, our focus to we have three big goals next year, um, and I think the, the biggest ones are what is the purpose of NPACE and the education that we're doing? The second one is engagement, and that's how we learn from our audience and the folks that we interact with about what their needs are. And the last is the healthcare landscape and some of the things that we see on the horizon as we enter this year. Um, and, and with that, let's sort of talk about the first goal, which is the, the purpose of NPACE and conferences and education that we do. I think people know that we've been around for a while um, and, and sort of meet the needs of nurse practitioners and their continuing education needs. But let's dive into some of the things that we have going on this year. Um, and Terry, I think, you know, the, the first thing is let's talk about how we meet the needs of nurse practitioners and their learning styles in terms of our educational events and programming. Yeah, so I think this is an interesting place to start, actually, Josh, because um, what we do, we've been doing for a while, not that that matters to a lot of people. There's Susan. Guest hey. appearance. You never know what's going to happen on the Friends of NPACE podcast. No. Nope. Hey, Susan. Who was that? That's you, you on the podcast. <laughs> That's Susan, our accounting manager. She's great. Um, so I think this is an interesting question because as a practicing nurse practitioner, here's what I know about CE. One, a lot of people are doing it and there's a lot of free CE out there. Many of us are licensed in multiple states. And so to meet those requirements, there's all kinds of things out there from reading a PDF to what's happening at state boards. Um, and I, a lot of employers have cut CE budget. And COVID changed things, right? And yeah. it changed education, like everybody's learning on demand or they're learning virtual, and we used to go sit in the conference room. So primarily, we've always been education for nurse practitioners by nurse practitioners, right? That's our tagline, for and peace by and peace. Um, but now we're meeting that in multiple ways. And so, I mean, I could talk about what this is with the audience. You can, we still do fantastic live conferences so different from going to a national meeting or going to 
a free CME or reduced CME. We try to make it in locations that people can just relax and fill their own cup because it's just not happening in practice. Um, but it's also very different now, right? We're doing on demand. We have grant funding, which we hadn't done before. We are delving into that. We're trying to focus on places other people aren't meeting. So like our non-partnership. I know when I was a brand new faculty, I had no education in how to be a faculty member. And, and now we have that. So we're trying to meet needs. Um, conferences are great. They're always engaging. We feed people lunch. There's always wellness on site. There are fantastic locations that you might not normally go. Everybody knows that, but the heart of what we do is really improving patient outcomes by filling the cup of the nurse practitioners. And so we're not an organization with membership. We're not lobbying. There's no agenda. All it is, is what do you need to know? Where do you want to learn that at? And in what way do you want to learn it? Yeah, I think when people ask me what sets MPACE apart or what sort of things do you feel people take away from your conferences? I think the thing that I like to tell people is our goal is that somebody comes to an NPACE event and whether they're in an NPACE program or a partner program or a sponsored product theater, that they go back to their practice and say, oh my goodness, I learned about this new therapeutic uh, opportunity to treat my patient with this new product yeah. or this new uh, methodology or this new diagnostic test and it came it, it came to them from an NPACE session that they attended whether that's at a conference whether it's at an online program and that's that's really our goal is that you have takeaways that you can implement into your practice at any of our educational programs and as Terry mentioned the the content the speakers the things that we do when we're at our events are are meant to be a wholesome conference experience there's certainly the continuing education component, but the networking opportunities, the opportunity to um, learn from different speakers and be able to approach them and ask questions and, and, and pick yeah, their brain a little bit. The exhibit hall with companies that are there to, to delve into the different things that they have going on. Um, we're really trying to meet the needs, not just for your continuing education, but a wholesome educational experience, I would say. Right, because everybody needs CE. But there are choices in how you get that. I, I would just add an anecdotal story. So one of the grant funding we did, there was like obesity and GLP-1 education everywhere in the last two years as we've looked at these drugs that help with weight loss. And it it almost gets on my nerves just a little bit. But one of the grant funded we did that you just said, can I take it back to practice? I've used it every week in the last six weeks. And that's, we did a grant funded on drug-drug um, interactions for treating COVID, so Paxlovid. There are so many medication interactions with that drug, it's really dangerous. And so now we have this free education that the fantastic Dr. Wendy Wright did, and I have used that. I had to sit through it for work, but it's definitely what we do makes a difference. And sometimes I don't realize that till I go back to practice and I'm like, oh yeah, this thing that we did, which ultimately is goal. The other thing you put down here is wellness. When we travel, it's super hard to be well, right? But always on site. He wants to get up early and go to the gym after the yeah. conference, say, get in there. But, but we always it, make sure that there is a exactly. gym. We're doing a little yoga because we want it to be non-threatening. It's never sweaty. You don't have to get up. But we did do kickboxing in Phoenix. So like, I got to punch fellow staff members. So that was fantastic, actually. Or they got to punch me. But um, so it's that. The on-demand 
is wherever you want it, when you want it, and it's not just a PDF that you read. And now we've got some CE even with the podcasting. And infographics, we've started with just handouts you can take into practice. So there's a lot of things going on. Here would be my thing to the audience. What's your pain point? Like, I need to know, we need to know, we can't do what you need unless somebody tells us. And I, I don't know where people are hurting. I know what I need to look up every time I practice. I know how limited my time is. I know how limited my travel budget is. And I know the places I want to go, like Sonoma. Yes, yes. There's, there's. <laughs> I want to have a conference in Sonoma. There's some exciting, exciting prospects in terms of MPACE and where we may be going beyond 2024. Um, and we have some excellent locations. If you're a fan of the beach and, and being mm -hmm. able to uh, get outside and be in that sort of environment after a conference day, this is the year to come to an NPACE conference with three amazing locations that are all beachfront in uh, Hilton Head, Clearwater, and Dana Point. And if you're a city person and Cape Cod. And I was matter. just going to so say Cape Cod I forgot maybe the most popular beach location yeah in october if you want to see fall foliage yeah and if you're a brave soul you can get in the water still in october like like myself so terry will not be in the water yeah. and we're going to boston in august which boston's a great city if yes. people haven't been to boston it's fantastic very excited very biased towards boston being born and raised here but it is a fantastic city and time of year to be in town uh august nothing better than summertime in boston with Everything in bloom. Public Garden is a five-minute walk away. Hopefully, the Sox are playing that weekend. Um, lots, lots of good things to be able to be done. I want to throw in something else. So we're doing all these great in-person, and that's kind of been the trend forever in CE education. But now we're doing virtual also. Everybody's doing virtual. It gets difficult to engage when you're at work doing some of those things, but it's a reduced cost, right? Because you don't have a hotel and you don't have travel. Um, we're doing two day virtuals and we're going to do some specialized topics and recordings this year, which I think will be really important. I want to see how that flies and we would love feedback on that. So we'll, a, we'll get yeah, to that. It's a great segue into, into, into the second goal that we have for next year, which is engagement. And Terry sort of spoken to it already and it's. It's feedback, it's comments, it's we we need to hear from you in terms of what your educational needs are and what you're hoping for NPACE to help you with when it comes to that. Um, there's so many ways that you can interact with NPACE, whether it's being at a conference, attending a virtual program, doing on-demand, which is all continuing education, but the best places to be able to leave feedback for us is is likely on our social media yeah. channels. Yeah. So if you're not on social media or you're not following NPACE on social media, that is the place to be able to say, hey, I'd really love to hear about X, Y, or Z. And then we can take that feedback and, and give it to the proper folks here and be able to say, is there a way that we can uh, weave this into something that we're doing this yeah. year? Well, I'm smiling because Ryan's here helping us record and Ryan does marketing and social media. So here's my pain point with social media. We're just going to get real. Um, most of what we've been doing in the past is email forward, is advertisement forward, and we're just delving into this whole, what does it mean to offer information and pain points or really connect with nurse practitioners through our social media? And I'm not sure any nursing or NP organization has done that super well through their social media. Um, 
you, you can help us in that just by replying or sharing your posts with us. We're starting to get into like just talking like this, um, turning the camera around and um, talking about real things going on in practice. So your comments on that would be appreciated. I'm not really sure how to get people to. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing that? to do. Um, honest, candid, open feedback is not necessarily something that everybody wants to do, but I think hearing it directly from us that this is something that we're hoping for hopefully will will allow folks to feel a little bit more comfortable in doing that. And it's right. it's you know you're the you're not going to offend anybody. I don't think in in being able to give us the open, honest feedback. Some sometimes it might not be what we want to hear, but it's the only way we get I better. I think we need it all. Just you know the nasty stuff that happens on social media. So. So we've talked about this. So I was on Twitter for years and years and years and did like chats and it was a big deal. And then all this stuff has gone on with Twitter. And I kind of gave my opinion unapologetically and still do on occasion there. And I'm not sure how that translates for NPACE to keep it real because sometimes things are so formal on social media, but we, we can't know what's going on out there or what people's pain points are, whether it's you know, staffing or how many patients they're seeing a day or all the prior authorizations they have to fill out unless they respond to our social media, which translates into then not only what our resources are, but like keeping it real. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's that's Sean Dent is a great example. Yeah. We're going to podcast with him in a little bit um, in a couple of weeks yes. and then publish it out. And he's kept it real and he's interacted with us there and we invited him to come and do that. Um, I don't know. Well, I, so there's definitely the social media side of it and, and trying to improve our game there and the feedback that we've gotten has helped us do that. And as you just said, we're we're trying to as turn the camera around. Uh, you sort of have faces that you can identify with MPACE and who the people are that uh, work at the organization, part of our education team, our speakers, certainly Terry and myself and, and other staff members you've seen on the podcast on perhaps a few previous episodes. So our, our goal is to get out there and for, and for you all to know who the people are behind sort of behind the scenes to, to bring them in front of the scenes, if you will. Um, I think one of the other things aside from social media is that this year, one thing that we're doing in addition to our conferences is we're hitting the road a little bit and we're getting out there at outreach yeah. events. And so there's a, a few state organizations where we will have uh, an exhibit booth or we'll be sending some information about NPACE to them. So uh, keep your eyes peeled across the country. You may see us there. And then we will certainly be uh, at the big AANP conference in June, which is is in Nashville, Tennessee. And so we'll have a booth there. Um, and we'll, as you guys. We're going to be at NOP. Yes. in Baltimore. It's like a flagship year for them. So they're home. Yeah, 50th anniversary. Yeah, I'm shocked how many nurse practitioner faculty are like, what's in pace? So yeah, I got to do it. And that's that's a big goal of us getting out there is to, is to if you have heard of us, we want to let you know about what we have going on. And if you haven't, it's the same sort of deal. What, you know, let's let you know about the organization and how you can get involved. As Terry said, there's no membership with NPACE. You just, whatever you want to do with us, we're happy to have you. Yeah, there's that. And we don't do certification review. Maybe that's not why we're out there as much. Okay, so I would ask this. I'll ask you and I'll answer. 
And then the audience should, if they'll interact with us, so it'd be great. If you could go first, any location, anywhere, if we had a conference, where would it be? I've And not four days. We want two and then two days to play. I've had the pleasure. I, I did the math at the end of the year. I've been to over 50 and pace conferences over the last eight years. Wow. And my pressed or afraid. <laughs> I think uh, I'm happy to say my favorite location that we go to is in November of this year in Dana Point. You like Dana Point. It is. It is. When I think of California and I think of what what California is, Dana Point embodies that in so totally. many different ways. Coastline and water and yeah, it it's is, great. It's north of San Diego. N- north of San Diego, um, right off the Pacific Coast Highway in, in Orange County. Um, in in a beautiful town of Dana Point and Laguna Beach is a, a 15, 20 minute ride. But the the walkability of everything that's there, um, the activities that are going on, the restaurants, the people, the pace of life is certainly a half a step behind what we what we have here in the Northeast. Um, and I feel like I come home from that conference with a with a sort of saying to myself, was I just working or was I on vacation? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Clearly not working you hard enough. Where, what's your uh, location now, of choice? Where we've been so far, oh, that's tough. I I really love Savannah. I think that's a great location. I like um, the Southeast. But this last time in October in Cape Cod, I enjoyed myself so much more than I, I saw places in Cape Cod that I've never seen because I'm not from up here. Um, and just doing like fall things and the wineries and it, it was great. So I really enjoyed that. But again, if we go anywhere new, I'm going to go to Sonoma. Sonoma, <laughs> Sonoma, wine country. Maybe you're getting some hints that, that the end pace folks like to enjoy yeah. a glass of wine at the end of conference days. And maybe we'll be having a reception this year where you can join us. Oh, yeah. In Cape Cod, that would be great. Exactly. Um, as far as places or conferences I want to go, like goals from our objective. I know you're going someplace new this year in a place we haven't been with a partnership we haven't, which would be good. I'm gonna, I'll let you talk about that. But if I, I'm looking for recommendations for um, great LGBTQ healthcare conferences. So if any of you have those, I'm looking for that to fill my practice. But I also wanna go to the DNPs of Color Conference this year. That organization is growing. They're changing the face of NP organizations. They're making the rest of us pay attention. They're changing patient outcomes. It's just phenomenal. So I hope to catch that this year. Yeah, there's a few different conferences. And now this is coming quick, going to the Alliance meeting next month in yeah. New Orleans. First time going to be at that event. And, and I've heard some great things from some of the partners that we work with that it's an opportunity for, for us to get out there and learn from other providers and yeah. folks that are in this space and, and get some uh, insight into you know how they're doing things. What can we learn from them? All the sessions that are going on. I think that's that's something that we've seen as well. Is that um, we can always learn and we can always see what other organizations are doing and what you know where they may be successful. And um, you know, can we potentially implement some of those successful things into NPACE? Yeah, I think that's important. 
I could get totally tangential with that because I'm not sure conferences should still in the nursing and education world. They've always happened the same way for a long time. Like you go in a room and there's a PowerPoint and someone talks for an hour or they talk for 90 minutes or. Is that model still hold water? So that's why I want to see what other people are doing. Certainly nurse practitioner students are not learning that way anymore, but there's a good part of that too. So I don't know. Yeah, it's I would a, love to have feedback. It's striking a balance. And in, in 2024, I think that's that's the challenge is right, right. you know, how what's what's the balance? Does do people want to be in a room for you know two to four days and and listen for you know, five or six hours a day. I, I'm sure there are some that that's their preferred method of learning. I'm sure there are some that it's not. It's, it's not. In an age of TikTok, I just worry about that a little bit. So, but also, how do you do different education with 300 people or more in a room? Like, how do you execute that? I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what people have to say about that. Yeah, feedback tips, things that you may have seen out there at other events. We're we're happy to to learn more on that, and I think. It's a great segue into some of the some of the things that we're seeing out there. You, you talked about it right now. It's 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 that time of year, if you will, where respiratory illnesses and COVID has seemed to have somewhat of a resurgence. And so, um, so some, much COVID. Yeah, it's it's not it's not great um, in some states. I know that there's been mass mandates that have been re-implemented in healthcare settings. Um, and we won't go down that mask road <laughs> in terms of how people feel about that. I, and I think all we can say is you need to do what you feel most comfortable with and, and, and NPACE conferences will uh, employ that as well when we're in person and together. And so with that, there's also education on that. As Terry mentioned, there's a, a yeah. Paxlovid program that we have that was grant funded by Pfizer on our learning center where you can learn more about that. There's I want to say at least half a dozen other free courses and then everything else that people can dive into. Yeah, we really tried to we tried to push funding things that meant something to us personally, right? That we see all the time. So the Paxlovid drug drug interaction, and again, a big shout out to to Wendy, right, on that. Vaccine hesitancy. I'm seeing so many people now, adults, children refusing vaccines in my practice. And so we had another grant funded education that's got great tips on that. Dr. Wendy Wright did that as well. I do diabetes um, consulting, which comes a lot with metabolic disease, neuroendocrine disease, and of course, obesity. And the new GLP-1 uh, RA drugs, the receptor agonist drugs, have been huge on the market, right? It's an injection once a week, everybody's getting skinny, everyone wants it. But the biggest issue is how to deal with growing obesity. And so we got grant funding for that and did a whole workshop that's now free. It's got three CE credit, but here, here was the takeaway from that. Um, one, Angie Golden, Dr. Angie Golden, who's a past president of AANP, and Chris Kessler got together and, and worked on that together. Angie's an obesity expert. You can feel her passion when she talks about that, talks about bias in healthcare, gives a list of drugs that are obesogenic that we should all be thinking about. Like I write for these drugs all the time, but they could be creating obesity. Her personal story is in that. They did a podcast yeah. with us. Like it was all so tied together and it was so much more, probably for us, maybe not for the audience. It was so much more than just CE. It's personal and it affects the majority of patients I see, whether they come in for hypertension or depression or sleep apnea or anxiety, a lot of it's tied to their obesity. So 
we sought out that as we're going into 2024 and there's not grant funding for everything we want to do that you know helps us bottom line because it's expensive to run a car sometimes i don't think people realize like when a gallon of coffee 16 level cups is 150 dollars a gallon plus hotel tax plus service charge that's just the coffee at a conference that's not the av that's not the room so keeping all of that mind you know we got to pay people and we do this for them yeah. we're at a break even but we're going to do some things that we don't have grant funding for. So one of the things I hope happens this next year, psych mental health drugs, advanced psychopharmacology, looking at some of those drugs. There's some new um, medications coming out on the market. I hope that we get to work with some of our experts like Josh Hamilton on those kind of things. The other need I see in practice that no one else is doing in the CE world is really addressing um pediatric refreshers or refresher courses for nurse practitioners. Like I said, we talked about teaching nurse practitioners and what that, cause it's whole, it's so different and no one teaches you how to teach. So we have the NOMP. I think those things will be big moving yeah. forward. And we have a wellness page. You can do yoga at the office or there's like 10 minute meditations. I turn that on all the time. Of course you can get that from YouTube too, but it's important to what we do on ground and our virtual conferences even. So those are trends. I'll shut up now. No, no, I think all, all of that is is what we're looking forward to this year. And, and some of the things that you mentioned um, with with Josh Hamilton, we had a great episode on the podcast with we him. Oh, that yeah. that includes- I him and forgot. <laughs> That's all right. So uh, that episode contains continuing education episode five, which you can find on the learning center and, and i think there's a quick post test you have to do to earn yeah, your seat somehow so. so and you get a certain you get your certificate as well if you do that so um a few episodes there that that and the one with angie golden also has continuing education yeah, credit so it's a great episode yeah so it's hard not to get if, wrapped you, up. if this is your first time tuning in i we highly recommend going back and at least listening to episode two and five where you can earn some continuing ed credit. Certainly the other episodes are fantastic as well, but did want to mention that. I think some of the other things that we've implemented um, and that that we tried to do in 2023 that we're going to continue into 2024 is, is these resources and groups um, that bring in sort of supplemental education. Um, we have lots of sponsors that come to the events and, and they do fantastic product theaters. Um, you, you mentioned the obesity and, and all the, the drugs that are in there. And, and Novo Nordis will be with us to, to speak on those yeah. products specifically. Escape well, is changing. Those are long-term meds. We've got to talk about them. We've got to talk about the prior authorization, what it takes to qualify and monitoring. And there's just so much with medications. Um, you brought up partners. Chuck Vegas, is he going to speak with us? He's great. He usually, he did vaccinate us last year. Works with one of our partners at Vindigo Medical Education. There's a, a free online CE program on HPV vaccines that we have running with him. We're still uh, finalizing our plans with, with Vindico and hopefully Dr. Vega will join us again. Um, but he is online with us at this point. So you, you can check him out there. And, and Dr. Vega, I know is working with many different organizations yeah. as well. Uh, as a provider, let's see, we talked about obesity. That's a big issue for me in the meds. Uh, we talked about psych mental health. I don't know much about, I don't see much peds out there. 
Um, LGBTQ, if any of you have suggestions, we really need to be speaking to that. But here's the other thing, and we're going to talk about it a couple of places, is contraceptive management. Since the landscape for legislation is changing or can change, I think it's super important that we're just always educating clinicians on those. So we will talk about contraceptive updates a couple of places. Um, also, STIs, seeing a huge surge in STIs. I live in the Southeast, um, and I don't think we talk about that enough and just how we approach our patients and those. So I hope yeah. we'll do it. We're going to do a little bit of that. We have specialized populations in Hilton Head. We're going to talk about aging LGBT. LGBTQ patients and how to deal with um, their needs, meet their needs better. We're going to talk about other specialized populations. So Hilton Head will be good. Hilton Head will be good. And in the in the women's health contraception space, we also are partnering with Bayer this year. Oh, good. Where, we talk about IUDs. Yes, IUDs. Um, and they, they have a, a program each month with us where uh, if you're on our email list or following us on social media, we put out a monthly uh, sort of bulletin on behalf of Bayer in terms of different programming that they have going on, and they'll have a presence at each of the in-person conferences this good, year as good, well. Good, so yeah. complement CE programs and and from the sponsors that have products in that uh, arena, and and you know as as we've talked about, sort of this wholesome experience and giving you information from uh, multiple different standpoints. Yeah, the only other pain point that I see in practice that we're really trying to address that is also more difficult It um, is the whole financial side of healthcare. So we did at a workshop this last year, which it's recorded, but we talked about starting your own business as yep. an NP and what that takes, how you make a business plan. We also have some billing and coding. You know, how do we get into that more and make that meaningful when we talk about referrals, prior authorizations, knowing the insurance landscape, I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, it needs to be sprinkled in amongst all these topics and amongst the pharmacology. Everybody needs pharmacology credit to reaccredit. Yes. So recertify. So that's what they want. But how do we get at that? You know, when you have 27 states where we have independent practice now, how can we better serve that? Would anyone even come to those things? I don't know. That's why we need interaction on the social media. Absolutely. And I think in social media and, and resources outside of NPACE, I think we've we've sort of seen that, in the, as you mentioned earlier, the age of TikTok and, and how things have just exploded in a, in a social media form and this micro learning in a two to five minute yeah. sort of uh, uh, experience or video that folks are putting out there that there's some great takeaways. So that absolutely you know, following our page on social media is great, but if you go ahead and look at our followers or folks that we're following as well on Mpace, um, there there are some fantastic accounts to be able yeah. to to follow and and learn from, and they're specified in in some of these areas. Uh, yesterday, we connected with somebody who is is doing charting and is helping nice. folks with their charting and. Charting. Got reached out to by a, a a woman who is helping to educate folks on medical cannabis and the benefits to that. Oh, nice. And helping to address sort of schizophrenia and, and movement disorders with that. And so there's so many resources out there, and I think it's beyond the you know top five diabetes cardiovascular. Right. Right. That's always going to be there, but. Right. What are some of these new things that have come to the forefront, and and who are the people behind that that have that have 
that are experts to be able to help us educate everybody. Like Lynn Rap Silver. Are yes. we following her? Does she have a social media page? Lynn? We definitely are. are she's active. the one that came in and talked about how to start your own NP business. And she's vested in that. She has a whole organization helping other yeah. NPs and businesses. Nurse Practitioner Entrepreneur Network, I think is what it's called. But okay. check out Lynn LinkedIn. Uh, she's a fantastic resource for, for nurse practitioners that are interested yeah. in starting their own business. So as a clinician, the pharmacology, the obesity, the psych mental health, um, contraceptive management, my marginalized populations, this whole insurance, to, don't even get me started, it's January. <laughs> the staff know, I came into the staff meeting this week going, well, I just read the insurance formulary for 2024. Not happy. I'll get into that here, um, but it's just a constant burden. The only other thing that, and it's hard, we're an educational company, how do we impact this, is those people who have limited access to healthcare and access in the communities. So the only thing we can do that we started that, in an, it's an initiative I'm very proud of in 2023, is we started working with on-ground nonprofits in places we went, we reached out to them. Two of them stuck in 2023. One of them is an organization called HUGS, Savannah, H-U-G-S, it's an acronym. But what they do is psych mental health counseling across the board that you don't have to fill out paperwork, regardless, $25 a session, fantastic. They were with us in Savannah, Georgia, you know, because their state licensing laws they have to do, but they're moving into South Carolina and we're going to Hilton Head. So they're going to join us again there. We made a huge impact. We raised like $5,000 plus awareness. Like we got the word out to all the NPs who were at that conference. You can get your patients in. They can be seen. Mental health is a big impact and there's not enough access to counselors and it's cost prohibitive. So that's one thing we did. And then you're involved with the Boys and Girls Club. So I want you to talk about that. But the Boys and Girls Club, for adolescents, psych mental health, involvement, obesity, nutrition, they touch so many things. They impact the health yeah. of a community. So they're one of our partners as well. You want to talk yeah, about Yeah, we just oh. uh, our last episode of the podcast was with Monica Lombardo, and she's the, the vice president of the Boys and Girls Club of Metro South, which is pretty much the entire southern part of Massachusetts. Um, and they partnered with us at both of our Cape Cod events in 2023, and they'll be with us once again in 2024 in Boston, uh, as well as the Cape Cod event that we have in October. And so, the, as as you just mentioned, they are uh, touching pediatric healthcare in, in multiple different ways. And we talked extensively about that on the podcast with Monica, but they're another fantastic organization. If you have pediatric patients um, and you know that there's there's an opportunity or that it would be beneficial for uh, those patients and, and knowing their family situations to get involved with something after school where they're in a safe environment, where all those things Terry just mentioned, nutrition, mental health, um, there's certainly a big element of sports and teamwork right, and, and being able to work with others. Uh, the nutrition programs that they have, they have a whole sustainable farming initiative that the students or, or kids can participate in. And so they, the, the wholesome experience that the Boys and Girls Club gives kids um, is is something that I've learned tremendously about in my involvement with them over the past couple of years. And they, they have so many resources and, and we we get to work with the folks of the Metro South Club here in Massachusetts, but obviously Boys and Girls Club is all over the country. So you can find a, a club within yeah. your local area. Uh, 
I want to say there's there's over a thousand across the country to be able to look wow, into. Wow, a thousand. So I guess we're getting at that. They have impact bigger than as a healthcare provider. I get so caught up in this next patient, this next patient in 15 minute increments, and my day is full or my roster is full of patients I'm seeing um, when I work in my clinical job or who's in the ICU or what meds are. We forget that healthcare is so much bigger than that. And and again, as a continuing ed company, it's really hard to support that, although ultimately that's why we're all here and supporting NPs. So these two organizations, to be able to bring them, we bring them into a conference, they have a booth, they talk for 15 or 20 minutes about what they do in front of the audience. And then we do raffles, we give away and pay stuff like we gave away a conference yeah. and hotel nights for a $5 raffle ticket to support the organizations to support what they're doing. So I would love to have a West Coast entity that's impacting healthcare that way. We haven't had, but we've been kind of East Coast. So if anybody has any suggestions, I'm looking for places that we can impact community health and other as a nonprofit, other nonprofits that we can help. There are plenty of nursing organizations. There are plenty of NP organizations. We also support those. If you're in an NP organization and you want to table at a conference, this email, Josh, we'll give you one. Yes. That, I mean, we believe in that so much and being involved, but how do we impact healthcare? How do we impact what's happening with nurse practitioners, keeping their cup filled, keeping them informed, helping them not burn out? It, it's happening in, you know, advanced practices must, as much as it's happening at the bedside for nurses. And I, that's part of what this organization sets out to do. Absolutely. So. I think it's, it's our goal next year is, is mm. all of these things that we just talked about. It's, it's meeting the purpose and your needs, engaging with you to get the feedback that, that you have um, to help us plan our year and give you the, the education and experiences that you want both in person and virtually uh, and across our social media. And it's keeping up with these healthcare trends in, in, in the yeah. landscape of, of things it that is. are ever changing. It's, you know, you have your doctor's visits, you have your or, or nurse practitioner visits, should I say, and going into the office. But what are these supplemental resources? What other organizations that maybe doesn't come to mind at the forefront of healthcare, but has, has um, an absolute impact on it and maybe a, a more subtle way than than you may think off the top um and being able to bring those to the forefront a little bit more and and, and letting folks uh tap into those resources and so yeah. all of this is going to be happening across 2024 in, in the the end pace uh sort of calendar and events that we have the best place to find us is endpace.org that will lead you to everywhere that you need to go when it comes to what we have going on uh, i think it's a good time for us to to say so long and farewell to our next episode that we'll be uh we'll be recording our next episode we'll be recording next week we have two on the docket one with jessica peck which we will we will dive into that She's pediatric health care a little bit more um and then sean dent who who we mentioned as well uh sean is a fantastic presence on social media an acute care nurse practitioner who is with us at our phoenix event um and we'll be talking with him about his experience with us at Phoenix and, uh, you know, how he's his his 
evolving, if you will, or how he's evolved on social media um, into the, the person that he is and what he's been doing. So he's a fantastic follow. So that will do it for today's episode of the Friends of NPage podcast. It's been awesome to be in person and do this for the first time. We hope to be able to do a few more of these uh, where we're in person. Perhaps we'll do one of these at a conference and uh, a live podcast, which we know folks enjoy. So uh, with that being said, so long, farewell. Check us out. Be sure to follow NPace on social media. You can find the Friends of NPace podcast on learn.npace.org, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, so on and so forth. Wherever you get your podcast, just search NPace and we should come up. Yeah, and slide into our DMs on social media. <laughs> Tell us who you want to hear from because we are on ground and we talk to all kinds of people. We'll just do a man on the street, but we don't know who anyone wants to hear about our topics unless they absolutely let us know give us feedback let us know as terry said <laughs> send us a message and, and we will be happy to reply and interact with you um, and learn more from from the fantastic folks so thank you for all that you do out there in your communities to impact healthcare. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at an end pace event in some way shape or form this year yeah. so long everybody bye